Welcome to Experiencing God's Goodness. My name is Michelle Corgett, and today I want to invite you to join me as we hear stories of how individuals have walked through some incredibly difficult times and found God waiting for them in the middle of their darkest hour. We will hear some awesome testimonies of how God has shown up time and time again in the lives of these individuals and how they have experienced God's goodness. Today, I want to welcome Trey to our podcast. Trey, you have a story that I actually learned from my son. He knows you from the young adults group at our church. And Trey, for somebody your age, you have kind of an unusual story. And sadly, there's some people who don't end up where you are at your age. They started where you started but they end up in a very different place. So I know it sounds so cryptic as I explain that, but you basically were a, you were a drug addict. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of give you a, a, just a zoomed out version is, so I'm 23 years old and so far my life has been Great and wonderful and crazy and hard and just a full-out roller coaster. I've lived a whole lot of life early on already. And so, I mean, I have I grew up in the church. I, I fell away from God and rebelled against my, my parents, school, what, rebelled against everything. There was a time that I wanted to be a gangbanger and a drug dealer and turned into a drug addict. Then I... I I started to make things happen in the world of stand-up comedy and podcasting and that kind of stuff, and then, and then, fell down and spiraled into my my drug use, and kind of hit rock bottom, and then I went through a year and a half program, where I just I really leaned into the word and and really understood why I should and then decided to devote my life to Christ again and so since then that's what I've been doing but yeah if you want I can kind of give you kind of a bigger picture of where I started out and kind of what led me down that path and that would be great the reason I want to do that just so you know is because I'm practicing this this is a God thing you asking me to do this is totally a God thing because since I've been kind of coming out of the back side of this this season in my life right the going into the next season is how can I serve everywhere I can and what does that look like and a big thing that I think the Lord's been kind of pushing me towards is is testimony right so I think this is great so thank you for having me but (laughs) I appreciate it but I think that's important to me also because I'm doing things with Youth for Christ. I just started doing that, you know, so I'm going to schools and, and trying to help kids see why they might not want to do what I did. Or maybe maybe somewhere down the road they'll, they'll ask me to go to the juvenile halls and do the same thing, right, or wherever. So, so anyway, sorry where, for rambling. No, that's fine. <laughs> so where did it start for you? Yeah, so like I say, I—, I I had a great family, kind of a chaotic family. Parents were divorced. I've always had four parents, right? Stepmom, stepdad, and my parents, separate families, and I was bouncing all around. All my family loves Jesus, right? But for me, it was kind of just chaos. I was living in chaos. I started out in chaos, and I think that's kind of no different than anybody else that's born into this world. I mean, we're all born into the fallen world, you know, and this in this time period, we're 
we're between the cross and Jesus' return. So, so we're born into the fallen world when you're born right now. And, and for me, I kind of, with that, that hand of cards I was dealt, I took that and ran with it, and I rebelled even young. I would just get in trouble at one house, and I, said, I shared this part in, in church, right? I'd get in trouble one house and blow it off because I only have however many days till I go to the other house, right, and get in trouble again. So I was very two-faced as a kid because I was always trying to, oh, I'm a good kid, I'm the good Christian kid, you know, but, but just behind the scenes running amok, right? And then that got into high school, and, you know, I just didn't really care about much, just talking about in school. And, and so I found the only reason I wanted to go to school was for wrestling and to find out how to be cool, right? How do, how do I get myself into the circle with all the cool kids, right? How do I glorify myself? Which is just adding to the chaos, right? <laughs> I didn't know at the time, but really a, a big aspect of, of what got me down the wrong path was just trying to do nothing but glorify glorify myself but I didn't realize that I was doing that yet so it got into high school and I was on the wrestling team and there were kids on the wrestling team that were bad influences and I wasn't a good influence by any means but but kind of there there came a time period where a, a mental shift happened with me and the the friend groups that I decided to surround myself around where it wasn't it went from glorifying ourselves to being as cool as possible is equivalent to being as evil as possible and that was influenced by us influencing each other and the in, the evil in the world around us influencing our young minds and you know, we we willingly chose to listen to murder music and and watch gruesome stuff, and, right? It was just sin and negativity, and the the devil had a hold on that group of kids in that time period, and I was a part of that, right? And I was happy to be. And then you know that just continued to compound, and I started you know, robbing people. I started, and for no reason either. I wasn't poor. I had two loving families, but again, glorifying myself for whatever reason at the time looked like, how can I, how can I get my rocks off? How can I go, I'm going to go rob this guy and make money in this way and, and go get this drug and then flip it and cut it and go sell it to this guy, right? And then it, just got worse and worse and worse by the time I was out of high school I had people around Turlock knowing that that's kind of what my gig was and then I was a target for other people you know who if you're gonna rob somebody the best the best person to rob is a drug dealer because they're not gonna go to the cops right and that's that's no new concept were you on the cops radar at this point no, I I never really I was very good at at flying under the radar because I was never I never dig big stuff out in the open. I was I was just a petty dumb kid is really what it was. Um and I got myself into a lot of 
big deal dumb situations, but it was nothing that really mattered other than the fact that I was damaging myself and the people around me, right? So I didn't do anything too early on that would concern the greater good enough for the cops to want to track me down, right? I started getting in trouble with the police when after high school I started running drugs and stuff and doing more drugs and I just got deeper into insanity or delusion, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I was losing my head slow and steadily, right? But the Lord was with me through all of it, right? Because I, if I got caught up the way that I should have doing the stuff that I was doing, I should have ended up in prison like that, right? And there were multiple multiple times where I had run-ins with law enforcement where I should have been in jail or prison, and I wasn't, and I have no idea why. <laughs> and I still had to answer for everything, but not to the extent that I deserved, right? So I think... My story is really one of God molding me, you know, and and what that looks like to recognize that that's what our life is supposed to be and then willingly going along with that, right? I think there's a reason I've been thinking of this the last week, and I think this is probably it. You know, the Lord creates chaos and then orders the chaos, right? So... Chaos isn't good necessarily. It's also not necessarily evil, right? It's just chaos. But in the beginning, when the Spirit of God was floating over the the waters of chaos, right? The Tehom or whatever, and he rose up the land and, and he separated the salt water from the fresh water, and, right? He, that's the Spirit of God taking the chaos that he created and then ordering that chaos. And it's it's... It's fractal that zooms out from creation all the way down to our individual lives, right? And then to systems in our societies and businesses and right. So so he he orders chaos when we allow him to to whatever spectrum, right? Like like whatever size. Like I don't know if I'm saying that to in a way that it makes sense, it does. but so, so I, I've been ta- I've been writing down notes, and this is kind of a, it might turn into a sermon someday. But so the idea here that God ordering the chaos is, you know, chaos in order, dirt and diamonds, and then trees and people, right? Because I think I think you can draw parallels there because you think about dirt as chaos, right? There's a bunch of minerals, a bunch of different types of molecules, a bunch of different types of atoms, whatever. It's it's chaos and there it's kind of ordered but not really. It's mainly just chaos. But a diamond is pretty much as ordered as minerals can get, you know? The the atoms are structured like interlocking, perfect grid pattern and that's why a diamond has a crystal structure, right? So that's order. Well, somewhere in between dirt and diamonds, you could get something like a tree, right? It's it's pretty chaotic, but it's also pretty ordered because think of all the different systems that happen in a, in a tree to get nutrients from the, the ground to 
the the wood to you know get the the carbon dioxide out of the air with the leaves right so it's chaos but it's ordered and i think humans exist on that same spectrum with the trees right we're 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 on the border between chaos and order and if we are self-aware enough to realize that and and i think that comes as a gift right the gift of the holy spirit being able to show you and and teach you as you need to grow right if you have that gift you're able to to step back and go yeah god order my chaos so i think that's the idea that i'm kind of working through and and that i kind of have to bring to the table right now maybe if anything but really my story is just chaos to order but there's a lot of lessons in that where where god really stepped in and and showed me throughout the way you know it was just little things like one of the brothers at the mission you know hey keep an eye out for some long johns when i'm working on the dock right and i'm like dude i've been out here on this dock for three months and i haven't seen one pair he walks away and a a lady pulls up and she has like a pack of brand new i'm like here you go drew you know little stuff like that now that you could call that a coincidence but no there's no such thing as a coincidence we don't live in in a in a random universe we live in creation right so that was god throwing me a bone going hey i'm here right and there's a thousand things like that that happened you know on the back end of this growing growing portion of of my life so we're gonna back up really fast too you were in the middle of doing like you said evil you were out there running drugs and getting deeper involved in drugs yourself what was your rock bottom so for me, rock bottom, um, well, rock bottom's different for everybody. I think everybody kind of knows that. For me, it was I I lost all my money. I had, I was living at home with my dad because I was, I lost my girlfriend, rightfully so. She saw where my life was headed and, and she dodged a bullet, right? So praise God. But I just was losing my head, had to go live with dad, couldn't couldn't handle being on my own anymore and I was working for dad and I was making good money but I was losing way more money than I was making meanwhile I I was scamming people online I was robbing people in the street and my friends or people who I would have called friends you know not really but I was just doing everything I could to hustle and and make money but it all went to drugs, right? So it's it's just that vicious cycle that you that you always hear of. There's no, it's you make the money to do evil to feel good, but really you feel bad, so you have to go get more money. And it and it so there was a point where I had I don't know thirty seven thousand dollars. I could have put a down payment on a house. I could have I could have had a house right now, right? And and now I'm. In one way, I'm glad that that didn't happen because it was illegitimate money, a lot of it, right? But I lost all my money. It all went up my nose. And my my family couldn't trust me anymore. I was a kleptomaniac, you know, and I I never really stole from my family. That was kind of the, but that was it. Everybody else knew, like, hey, if something goes missing, it was Trey, right? 
And I think just when I realized that I was that guy, like, oh my gosh, like, there, there, there was a moment where, okay, so I can tell you the day that I decided to go into program, or actually, I, I can't even claim that I decided, it kind of just happened, right? So all that being said, this is what the rock bottom culminated to, was I was working for my dad, I had an office in his shop, didn't deserve it, right, but I was doing my podcast out of there, and doing a whole bunch of drugs out of there, and playing video games, and just... And he was letting me live at his house, letting me work for him, gave me an office, and just doing everything a good dad did. And I was slapping him in the face every day, right? And and you can back up and see the parallel that that's exactly the same relationship that I had with the Lord at the time. So there was a day where... So, okay, I guess I had been up for three or four days straight on cocaine and LSD. I LSD is not addictive, but but I had a, a bad relationship with it. I could go into it, but I don't think it's really necessary. My main thing was cocaine. I was up for three or four days and tripping on acid, just losing my head, and I was sitting in that shop all night, I passed out, ran out of cocaine, must have, and passed out. I, I was also drunk, so I don't really remember. I was passed out on my desk in my dad's shop, and I'm supposed to work the next morning, and I wake up to my dad opening the shop, the alarm going off. I have the office door locked, and he breaks down the office door, and that doesn't even wake me up. He comes and shakes me and wakes me up, and I have cocaine everywhere, just, like my shirt's off. I'm just a mess, right? And I could just see it in his face, like I'd never seen, I don't think even still I've ever seen someone's face that truly, genuinely disappointed, right? And he was trying not to cry, and he goes, pull yourself together. I'm going to this job site. You know what you have to do. You're working here today. You're not going to a job site. He goes, get to work, you know. And then so I lost it. He drove off, and I just lost it, meaning I broke down, emotional wreck. I was crying, bawling my face off, and I called my Uncle Brian, who I actually live with now. He's been one of the people all my life that I call when I'm freaking out just because, well, we have a good relationship. I know he loves me, I love him, right? And we've always been there for each other, and I don't know that either of us are good examples for each other, but we're always there for each other, right? So, anyway, I call him, and he, he, two months prior, had just relapsed. He's always struggled with alcoholism, and he did three years in a program in Sacramento, got to the point where he was a counselor or chaplain, whatever the title was out there. And then, you know, he was messing around and drinking on the job and, and cheating the program and lying, right? And and he'll tell you all that. I'm not speaking bad about him. This is part of the story, right? So anyway, he fessed up to that and goes, hey, I'm messing up. I need to start over. I need a program. Well, he comes to Modesto. And two months later, I find myself needing a program, right? So that's, 
I said this at church too. This is a big part of my testimony is what the enemy intends for evil, the Lord can and will use for good. I don't know where I learned that. I don't know if that's scripture. I don't know if someone said that. I don't know where I got that, but I can tell you that I believe that because I've seen that firsthand in my life. So, you know, my uncle relapsing isn't good, but but him being at the Modesto Gospel Mission right when I needed a program and him being the guy that I needed to call and did, and then him being bold enough to go come to the mission, you know, and then me being out of my head enough for <laughs> to go, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it all kind of just happened. And when I was getting close to that rock bottom, I started going back to church at New Life in Turlock and, well, young adults specifically, I don't think I was actually going to Sunday services, but I mean, I was so messed up and, and I was still completely evil, I, but I was, tr- I knew that I didn't want to be evil anymore, but I, you know, I was stuck in, in a headspace and it was before I, I could, I started the process of change, right? So I would go to, to young adults at a new life and because I knew I needed to hear from the Lord, but then I'd run away and go to the bathroom and do coke. And I mean, I might as well have walked into the church with a can of spray paint and just defiled everything and and spray painted just profanity everywhere, right? Like, I was just terrible. And I think that is probably as evil as I ever got. I think about Saul, right? You know, and this is the classic example that everybody who's ever been restored uses. If if the Lord can take Saul, the the worst pe- persecutor of Christians in history, and turn him into the great apostle Paul, right? Why can't he turn me from a grimy, scummy drug addict into someone who just professes Christ and and and? All I'm doing is trying my best to serve him, right? And and that's our reasonable service. The, the 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 mission did a really really good job at helping guide people in the right way. Of this is what God's saying here. This is a living word, and this is what it means, and this is why it's important to live your life that way, right? So so that's really what the last year and a half or two years really was for me, was just taking a look at at the gospel and and who Jesus is and why I should live my life for him right and it was just doing that I don't know if I answered your question (laughs) you did so as you are moving forward like you said into this next season I loved the metaphor you used of dirt to diamonds trees and people Mm-hmm. The fact is, if we look at trees specifically, but even dirt to diamonds, it takes time to create a diamond. Oh, yeah. Right? And just it takes all the right circumstances. A tree, you talked about the different systems in the tree to make it beautiful and strong and green and fruitful. But it also has seasons in its life. That's right. You were talking about this next season where do you find hope in the future at this point? Yeah, so so right now the hope in the future is I kind of look at at life from a new attitude right now and and like you say it's it's a season so so my whole outlook on how I should live life is subject to change too but 
but I'm looking at it at, of just complete surrender and service right now. That's that's my goal and what I'm I'm acting out. I I think to the best of my ability. I don't know. That's been a struggle too. Is am I doing everything I'm supposed to be doing? Am I not doing enough? Am I doing too much? Right? Because I see so many things. I see God everywhere, and when you see God everywhere and Him working everywhere, and you know that part of your mission, or no, you know, I know my mission is to do the will of God in my life. So when I see him working here and there, I go, well, aren't I supposed to do his will and help out over there and do his will and help out over there, right? So I'm, so that's what I'm doing and trying to work through where is the right place, what's the right amount, because I've definitely spread myself pretty thin right now because I got a bunch of different worship nights with different bands coming up. I play at Young Adults in Turlock. I do stuff at Cross Point. I work at Cross Point. I'm about to start on the maintenance side at Cross Point too. You know, I'm doing stuff with Youth for Christ and all. You know, I'm just I'm doing everything, and I'm I'm sure you're catching it right now. It's kind, this has kind of been wearing on me a little bit. But there definitely is hope in it because I think if my biggest problem is being stressed out about all the things that I'm doing trying to serve God, you know, if if that's the biggest problem, I, I think I'm doing okay. And maybe that is the hope that I just need to relax and moment by moment try my best to do what his will is, you know? Letting him direct and guide you through right. that process. And I think that is something that... A lot of a lot of people, especially young people, as you, it is very normal at your age to be going, okay, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Right. Uh, even those kids who may have gone the college route, mm-hmm. they are still having that question of, well, now what? Yeah. And as we figure that out, that is, God reveals Himself in that. Mm-hmm. And it's just being willing to listen, being willing to observe how he is working. And it sounds like you are doing that. So that is fantastic. Well, I'm definitely trying <laughs> trying my best. Right? <laughs> I don't know how su- successful I'm, I am at it, but, you know, whatever. Glory to God, right? But, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited about it. I think it's it's really cool. I think about, you know, I should be locked up right now and I'm not, you know. And, and the fact that I get to do all those things and, and have a future to look forward to, you know, I mean, there's a, a, a thousand things that could have happened that, you know, I put myself in bad situations where I might not have been here. So so I'm just I'm thankful to to have the opportunity to to live still. Right. So so that's why I say it's my reasonable service to 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 give everything back to Jesus the same way he gave everything for us. Right. So. I think that's the idea behind the service. If you were talking to a young person who is struggling with the idea of, I want to be popular, I want to fit in, and I will do whatever it takes to do that, what would you tell them? Yeah, this is this is a big thing. So, And it Proverbs, is that where it's talking about the, the wisdom of Solomon? Proverbs 1 through 3, I think it talks about walking in the path of righteous men before you right and rejecting 
they use the, the metaphor rejecting the temptress at the door, right? Rejecting sin. And for me, you know, what that comes down to is realizing it's it's even a step further than just following righteous men before you. It's realizing that, dude, your life's not about you. Like, who are you to think that anything's about you? Like, yeah, I'm I'm the one living my life and I'm in first person mode. I'm experiencing it and I'm making decisions and living my life. But but I didn't make my life. I can't make a universe. Can you like? No, God did. So so we're supposed to follow his will, his word. That's the only way that any of this works, period. You know, you have a life and the only reason your life exists is because of God. And he's giving us clear instruction. Look, do this. Glorify me. Carry out my will. Make disciples of all nations. Be the priesthood. Be my hands and feet, right? Your life's not about you. Your life's about the mission of God. Glorifying God. You know, to in all nations so that everybody knows the name of Jesus and, and hopefully we get to see kingdom come, you know? That's that's really what this whole thing is about. And I know that's really, really like something big to take on, especially if you're in high school and you're you're in that mode of how do I be popular and how do I get a girlfriend or a boyfriend and how do I make myself, you know, happy, right? Like you everybody wants to be happy. So you want to glorify yourself. That's what that means. But but happiness and, and comfort, in a way, is, is almost an idol. Because if you're putting that before God's will, then what are we doing here? So that's what I would say is, do your best to realize that even though you're living your life and you have to take care of you, take a step back and meditate on the fact that your life isn't about you. It is about you, but really it's not. Everything is about God including your life. You're a tiny part of of what God's doing, of what this whole universe God is doing something in. And you're a tiny, tiny part of that. And that's great. You're a tiny part of God's humongous, great, loving will. I think I think it's important that we recognize where we stand, right? Well, and the happiness and joy that they're looking for, it's temporary. Right. There's a reason that you had to do more drugs. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. temporary. Right. And when you are serving the Lord and when you are doing his will, there's a joy found in that mm-hmm. that is really beyond understanding for for the the person who doesn't live that way. Yeah. They they don't understand that. But if you do it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You find a peace where he's put you and it is just great to see that you have found that. Yeah, that's that's the joy of the spirit, right? That's the, you know, I think that's kind of on the same same page of like when Jesus is talking about the living water, right? You you're never gonna go thirsty, you know that that joy won't run out. But that's not the joy that you you get by seeking it out, right? You can seek out the Lord, right? And you should. But if you get the joy of the Lord, it's it's not because you caught the Spirit. No, it's because He chose to give it to you, right? It's a gift. So so I think that's important to realize too, is anything, any any peace, any joy, if we're going to get it, it's going to come from God. I think realizing that is important too, because then you can 
you can kind of see why it's futile to try to to satisfy yourself because there's a reason it's a sin to try to satisfy yourself and glorify yourself it's because it's like you said it's temporary and it's lies from the enemy to try to say you can be satisfied with this or with this or with this when you you can't that's idolatry you got to be be in the word be satisfied with the lord and that's it you know well, Trey, thank you so much for coming and sharing. This has been such a joy to talk to you and just hear about your journey, but also just what God is doing and how he's revealing himself to you today. Yeah, my pleasure. This was so fun. Thank you. We're so glad that you could join us for today's podcast. If you're interested in experiencing God's goodness in your own life and you would like somebody to pray with you, there's a 24-hour hotline that you can call at one 800 There is somebody on the phone ready to talk to you so that you too can experience God's goodness.